was torn between the two. Uh, he said in uh, verse number uh, 23, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart to be with Christ, which is far better. And uh, so he knew uh, that uh, be with Lord. And by the way, and we can't get into it today for sake of time, he is not um, minimizing uh, living and longing to be gone. The emphasis is, is on what he's going to do because he's staying, all right? And he continues with that thought as you get in, we get into chapter number two and, and, and on in the book of Philippians. And so uh, it, it isn't that, uh, that he was, you know, um, suicidal, depressed, or whatever. He just understood from the scriptures that to be with God is far better. Uh, and, uh, and we focus in on that part of that verse, uh, that to die is gain. It is. Precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. Uh, and uh, and uh, to be out of this world, uh, to see our Savior face to face, uh, and all that God's described about heaven, and, you know, by the way, he, there's a lot that he's left out. Uh, but God says to let not our hearts be troubled, to believe in God, believe also in Him. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. Uh, by the way, if your Bible says, in my Father's house are many rooms, uh, you've got a wrong version. Uh, of the Bible, all right? So uh, uh, if you need a new one, uh, we'll get you one after the end of the service. Uh, but God's prepared a place uh, and, uh, for us, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be way better, and since Brother Omley uh, isn't here, I'm going to say it's going to be way gooder. Uh, and, uh, and so we, we long for that. We know that if you believe you've been saved for any time, we're hoping for Jesus to come, uh, for the rapture to take place, uh, and, and all that God does in His timeline uh, but uh, in heaven, and we're going to be singing. We've talked about that, and we'll hear more about that tonight. It is going to be better uh, in heaven. And, uh, and if you believe that, say amen. amen. But that's only part of the verse. And it's, and it's also um, the part that's not necessarily being emphasized, but we focus on it and, and because it's easy for us to focus on. Um, but the beginning part of that verse in verse number 21 says this, For me to live uh, is Christ. For me to live uh, is Christ. And so I was thinking about that part of the verse um, a couple weeks ago, and, and I had uh, put together an outline uh, for uh, this message then. Uh, but um, either way, we're blessed. Um, the blessed live. If you woke up today and you're breathing, I, I, sometimes I ask one preacher, I said, how are you doing today? He says, he says I'm sitting up and taking nourishment. Uh, and that's his way of saying that God's good and I'm alive and breathing. And um, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Uh, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Um, there's, if, if you woke up in your life today, that's good. That's a blessing. Um, that means that you have another day to serve the Lord, another day to glorify Him uh, with your life, and uh, another day to proclaim uh, the gospel to people. Um, I know that you have, everybody in this room has difficulties. Um, you know, maybe you wake up in the morning and you're breathing, and you're like, oh man, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, cause you know, have it and you're, you're struggling with your health and your, your body and, and, uh, and you look forward to that time where you can shed this old tabernacle, uh, and put on uh, a new one. Um, but, um, we're supposed to glorify God with our life in the good things and the bad things or to be thankful for them. And so even if your life is a train wreck, you can still bring glory to God through it. And, uh, and we ought to be thankful uh, for another day, and we ought to redeem the time uh, and, because the days are evil and, and spend our days 
uh, in a way that uh, brings glory to God. Uh, but many of us are bound too much uh, to our uh, earth life, <laughs> uh, the life here. And uh, so when I think of, I remember a pastor, uh, he says, Brother Reno, you know what the meaning of life is? And I'm like, what? And he said, Diet Coke and potato chips. <laughs> and, uh, and he got me hooked on Diet Coke um, when I was in Bible college. And I know he was kidding, but he was saying he loved Diet Coke and, you know, and potato chips. And it meant a lot to him. Uh, for some people, well, have you ever heard this? You don't, you don't eat to, you know, you don't live to eat. You eat to live. Now, that seems like good wisdom. I'm not so sure about it. Because uh, I enjoy eating, you know, sometimes say food is life, uh, and we, we love those things, and I'm a big foodie, and I, and I enjoy uh, those things. By the way, if you sign up for the Sweetheart Banquet, I got this big torch gun thing in my office, and so I'm going to sous vide your, your fillets, and then I'm going to torch them with this big flamethrower, because uh, uh, I love doing that kind of stuff. I enjoy it, and, uh, but I enjoy, I enjoy ground beef. Um, is and, like I enjoy a fillet, or um, I'm thankful, and so we're to be thankful and little, and be content with what we have. Often we get discouraged because God, well, God takes care of us. We're not starving, uh, but often we He takes care of our our needs, not our wants, uh, and uh, and so we've got to be careful. So for some, uh, if you say, "What do you live for?" and they say, "I live for business," you know, perhaps they have a a, a business that they run or that they you know. You know, from the ground up, they've built it, and their life is about that. And, uh, and so they live for it. They, they eat and sleep and breathe um, their work. Uh, and we know as a Christian uh, that our life is a vapored life uh, and that we will, um, uh, it's just, it's short. Uh, and uh, in much of what people do is they live and they, you know, they get to their, their working time and they work to whatever retirement age is. And uh, they have, they've invested in and they've, they've done all these things, their nest egg, and they've, they've figured it out. Somebody's worked it all out, and I've got this money, many years of money, uh, and, uh, and if I, I, I got to die before then <laughs> uh, because uh, I'm going to run out of money in my 401k. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of people uh, who do all that their whole life and get ready and, and, and die the first day of retirement. And I'm not saying don't prepare, uh, and, to, and all those um, uh, wise things to do, uh, but that's not what life is about. Um, I would say, you, you know, you dig the ditch to make the, the money to buy the food, uh, you know, to, to get the strength to dig the ditch. Without Christ and something that's bigger than ourselves, life is vanity. The, uh, you know, the preacher said that in the Word of God. Uh, and so we are to um, set our affections on things above. So you say, what, what do you live for? Well, I live for business. Uh, some people say they live for pleasure. Um, they live for the weekend. Um, uh, there's some, I, I read this book years ago, I think it's called The 4-Hour Work Week. And, uh, and there's a lot of principles in it, uh, business principles and different stuff. And when they say you plan, when well, you're planning your year, one of the first things you need to do is you need to plan your vacations. So you say, this is when I take this vacation, this is when I do that. And you make sure that all those things get in there. And, uh, and they're working for that. And they'll teach you, instead of, and some of them say, instead of the, you know, scrimping and saving and whatever uh, for 50, 50 years of work uh, to take a few trips uh, in your retirement age, they say take many vacations and many retirements. 
uh, and take trips along the way and build memories. And so there's a lot of wisdom. And they say you set uh, your, you plan out all of your vacations and your time off, and you do that first, and then, uh, and then you work for them. And that's what they live for. They live for vacation. Um, and by the way, we all need stuff to look forward to. We're looking forward to heaven, and that ought to be a great motivator in our life. But if you're like me, I like I got to have something. Right now, it's kind of like grandkids. Like so, I got looking forward to this time, and they're going to come, and there's going to I'm going to have them all here in February, uh, and that's going to be great. And I'm looking forward to it. We plan for it, uh, and but I don't live for my grandkids. But you'll have grandparents who say that they do. Um, say, what is life? Life is my grandkids. They'll move. Uh, they'll be. Everything's about that. I, I, I heard one lady not too long ago at a at a preacher's meeting, and she says, "All I said, we're retired, and I just I just go where my grandkids go." And uh, and so what she was saying is, I live for my grandkids. There are some who live for fame. Uh, there are some who say, uh, if you say, "What is life about?" Uh, it's uh, some would say, "My life is the church." Um, but I would, I would dare to say that that's not what life is about. Church is vital, and it's important. Christ died for it. And what we have prior is to live, the Bible says, is Christ, but to die is gain. Paul elsewhere in Galatians chapter number 2, verse number 20 said, uh, he said, um, uh, now I forget it, and i got to go over and look at it. <laughs> uh, Galatians chapter number 22, in verse number 20, and as soon as I see it, uh, uh, the whole thing will come flooding back in. Uh, he says, yes, I am crucified with Christ. Uh, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but... Uh, no, I can't remember it, not too much pressure. Uh, yet, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He says, my life is about him. Elsewhere, he says, he said about Jesus Christ, he said, who is my life? And I want you to be thinking about that as we go through these verses in this passage of Scripture in Philippians today and, and to point out um, what it means uh, to live for Christ. We, we know what dying is gain means. And, uh, and we fully embrace that and knowing that we're going to be in a better place and we, we coach people, we say that to them to comfort them. We know that to be true because we believe uh, the Word of God. But what does it mean uh, to live for Christ? Well, the first thing, you can't live for Christ unless you're living from Christ. Uh, and here's what I mean by that. Jesus says in John 14, 16, uh, or John 14, 6, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's only through Jesus. Uh, now, I'm a pastor, and, and uh, there's some here visiting, um, returning visitors, visiting for the first time, and this is a Baptist church, and uh, and uh, so we, um, as being a Baptist, uh, there's a lot of historical background to that or whatever. Not everything that calls itself a church is a church. Uh, and uh, and if, there were, if there was another denominational group, again, Baptists aren't a denomination. Uh, and, uh, and again, another sermon for another time. But if there was another group of people, a denomination or whatever, that I believed um, stuck to this book as their final rule of faith and practice more than the Baptist uh, do, then I would be that. Um, but, but I'm a Baptist. I'm proud to be a Baptist. Uh, I, I spell Baptist with two B's in it. I'm so proud to be a Baptist. Uh, and uh, I, I love um, the Word of God, and I love uh, the heritage that we have. Uh, and, uh, but uh, there are going to be people in heaven that weren't Baptists. All right? So there, it's, it's not about the name that's over the church door. Um, I'm not a Baptist brider. 
I don't believe that only Baptists are in the bride of Christ. The Bible says, here's the bride, the Lamb's wife, it's the New Jerusalem, and there are just going to be people in heaven that aren't Baptists. And so um, uh, it's a, a distinction uh, that needs to be made uh, because some people struggle with that. Um, I think that if someone gets saved, they can't help but be a Baptist. <laughs> if you start reading your Bible, uh, you're going to go, whoa, hey, what about this? And uh, my church teaches this and whatever. I'm like, just be a Baptist. Uh, because we're just the Bible is what is our, our, is our final. If the Lord said it, that's what we're going to do. And, uh, and it's his, his final say. So um, uh, the source of of living for Christ is Christ himself. Uh, He says in John 15, uh, the whole chapter talks about that he is the vine and we're the branches. We're engrafted into him. Uh, The fruit that we bear in our life is all through Christ. We can't do anything without him. So for me to live for Christ, it has to start uh, with a living Christ uh, and getting life from him. He says in Romans 1, uh, excuse me, Romans 11, uh, verse number 7, he says that he is an olive tree. And, uh, and we, um, we're engrafted into him. He, you know, life is created by Christ. Life is sustained by him. Uh, we're created, we're born, but then we have to be rebirthed and reborn uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, because if we don't, if, if death, death is a result of sin, and without Christ, we cannot go to heaven. So again, we don't go to heaven because we go to church. We don't go to heaven uh, because we're Baptist or Lutheran or whatever. Uh, we don't go to heaven uh, because we're good uh, or we have more good stuff that outweighs our bad stuff. The Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, God knows our sinful heart. And if, and if we could work our way to heaven, we'd be go like, I'm, go, I'm going to heaven, you're not. Nah, 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 boo-boo. Uh, and Because uh, that's just how we would be. Uh, and I've, I've asked people, I said, you know, all right, I, um, um, I, I, I'm a pastor and, you know, when I go to church and I worship and I preach and I help people and I run out in this big list of stuff and, uh, and I, said, I said, do you do any of those things? You know, they'll go, no. And I'll go, well, who's going to heaven, me or you? And they go, well, I guess you are. And, uh, and, and the whole point is to bring on, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to heaven for those things. And uh, somebody can be just as saved and heaven as their home and not having done those. Uh, and so I'm not going to heaven because I'm a pastor. I'm going to heaven because Jesus saved a sinner uh, and uh, he wants to do that. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come uh, to repentance. Death's penalty uh, is blotted out by the blood of Jesus Christ. We read about that uh, in Colossians. In fact, turn there. I don't want to skip that one uh, for sake of time. But in Colossians chapter number two, we find uh, some additional truth about that. Remember, uh, this uh, Galatians, also written by Paul, um, who wrote the book of Philippians under the inspiration of God. And he says this in verse 13 and 14. He says, And you, uh, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way and nailing it to the cross. And, uh, and so Jesus came, uh, was born uh, on this earth. Uh, he lived and he died and shed his blood uh, so that I can be redeemed and so that you can be redeemed. So to say, uh, if I say, what is your, what's life about for you? And you say, well, you know, because you know what the Bible says, you say life is about Christ. Christ is life. Jesus is life. Um, it, but you've never been born again. That's a clear, uh, it's a clear indication that 
you lie a lot <laughs> uh, because uh, if you're not saved, you're not going to live for Jesus. And, and uh, how many would you agree uh, that that is true? Because here's the thing. Um, some of us are saved and we still have a hard time living for Jesus. Um, there are people who are born again who know that they're going to go to heaven, that God has saved them, and, 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 and not just, I mean, he's, if you're saved, you're saved. But some people get saved. Um, sin is sin in the eyes of God, and, every, and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But you know, there are some people that have done stuff that other people haven't done. And, uh, and God saved them. And by the way, there's, you, you, you can't be bad enough um, that God can't save you. Uh, and um, and, he, and he, he's done He's done all of that uh, for us. And so uh, when we realize that all that God has done for us, it's easier for us to live for Christ, and we still don't. Uh, we would still say, uh, you know, life is about my family. Um, what's, what's life about for you? It's about sports. Uh, and um, I read this uh, illustration. In fact, it was a Green Bay Packer fan. Uh, and uh, which I don't like the Green Bay Packers, uh, and uh, and, not, and I don't like him either uh, because he's such a fan. Uh, but uh, but he 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 said something. Um, he was just, you know everything is everything. You know his house was painted like that. If you like where we lived in Wisconsin, people their homes are painted like you know Green Bay Packers and all this kind of stuff. It's a big deal. Uh, and uh, and so when they were talking to him, he says, I you know my life is about the Packers. And he and basically said, everything I do uh, in my life is about the Packers and promoting the Packers. Uh, and, uh, and, I mean, that's what he lived for. That's a sad existence. But, but people live for sports. And it's not just people who participate in them. I mean, I get it if you, you know, you're an Olympic, you know, whatever, diver, and you've trained every minute, uh, waking minute that you weren't in school or work uh, for those few seconds on a platform, uh, and you've given your life to a sport. At some point, um, you can't do that sport anymore. And, uh, and life needs to be about something else. And isn't it sad uh, that um, even Christians who have um, a change in their life, maybe it's retirement, and now they don't have, I've had, I've had Christians who've retired and they're depressed. And when I dig in and counseling with them, here's what they say. I just don't, pastor, I just don't have a reason to get up every morning. And, I, and I'm thinking, what are you living for? So if you're, if you're living for Boeing and, and, and uh, you cash those pension checks all you want, but if that's what you're living for uh, and for retirement, uh, the last whatever years that you have on this earth are going to be a miserable existence because, uh, because that's not what life is about. We know it in our head, uh, but, but we practice it uh, in, a, in a different way. Uh, we find new life in Christ our new life is sustained by, he saves us, he keeps us. So the first step, uh, and God is good. And I always want to be careful um, that I never put the cart before the horse with people. Um, the first thing that you need to understand is if you're a, a sinner that needs a savior, that Jesus died for your sins and that he will forgive you if you call on him in repentance uh, and he will wash you. Uh, he is the righteousness of Christ will be upon you. You'll be justified uh, from your sins and, uh, and heaven will be your home. That's the main focus. But since I've been saved, God has done so much more. And God is really good. And there's many blessings in the Bible for the people of God, the children of God, that are not afforded to people who aren't. 
Uh, and, uh, and so the, and the privileges that we have uh, to pray and, and all of that, but it has to begin uh, with first giving our life to Christ. It's difficult to tell people about Jesus if, you've never, if you don't know him yourself. Um, and so, you know, uh, we apply that to things in our life from a secular way. Uh, and uh, it's, hard to sell, it's hard to sell something to somebody if you don't know how it works or if you don't want to have, your, uh, have one yourself. I used to sell vacuum cleaners uh, at, at, when I was a youth pastor, and, uh, and, and they were rainbow vacuum cleaners, and they're expensive. And I couldn't afford one, but I was selling them. And every single time, uh, I would be in someone's home uh, and showing them how the water gets dirty in the rainbow vacuum cleaner. They would say, how do you like yours? And like, I don't have one. <laughs> well, why, well, why don't you have one? Because they're too expensive. You want to buy it? Uh, you know, it's a, uh, it, was just a, it was just a hard, hard sell uh, with those things. And, uh, and uh, so starting with uh, uh, life through Christ. Romans 14, 8, if you'll turn there real quick. In Romans 14, uh, Paul um, writing the book of Romans to some church houses in Rome. Uh, and, uh, and he says this, and... Uh, in Romans 14 and verse number 8. And uh, this is a, a great perspective. It's a biblical one. Uh, but he says this, For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. And, um, but do you think there might be some Christians in this room today who think uh, my vapor that I'm living right now, that's me time? And when God, because I've been talking about, we're going to sing for, you know, uh, you're going to be in the heavenly choir and singing. Uh, and uh, for t- the first 10,000 years that you're doing it, you're going to love it. And it's, gonna, it's, it's eternal life. It's everlasting life. And it's, it's forever. And so you're like, well, if when I die and I'm going to be with the Lord, I'm saved. I know that. And uh, with him and in heaven, that's a long time. And uh, the hundred years, if God gives me that here, that's, I'm going to spend a little bit of that for me. Um, we would know that would be an improper premise to live by and, and an improper view of our life as a Christian, but there are a lot of Christians who do that. There are a lot of Christians who say, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna live for the dollar. They don't say it that way, but they're, in practice they're doing it. I'm going to work, I'm going to save, and, uh, and when I retire, uh, I'm going to dedicate uh, my time and energies to the Lord. Um, by the way, that very seldom happens. Uh, and, uh, and you're, you're never going to have enough money. Um, and there, I have friends who God's called to mission fields who never got to the mission field. 30-some years ago, they proclaimed that their, their, their call to the mission field and they never made it uh, because they started to, uh, to make money. So to, I'm, I need to live from Christ uh, as, a, as a Christian, but I need to live for Christ. He is the end. He is the purpose. He is the goal, or should be rather, the goal of our life. We're His. The Bible says we've been bought with a price. We're not our own. Uh, it's through His shed blood. You've been redeemed. Uh, and, uh, and, and by the way, we live in a time uh, where it's, it's about rights and my rights. And, uh, and it's been that way for a long time, and it's getting worse. Um, but if you're a blood-bought child of God, biblically speaking, you don't have rights. You're a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. You belong to Him. You've been bought. You're His purchased redemption. I belong to Him. And, uh, and so what He says goes. Where He calls, we, we go. We obey Him. Why? Because we belong to Him. 
It isn't that he just punched my ticket to heaven uh, and said, there you go uh, and uh, have fun. And then just kind of lets, lets me go off and do whatever it is I want to do. Um, it's, it's more than that. Uh, and it means that to live for Christ, it means that we proclaim the gospel of Christ. To live for Christ means that we imitate the example of Christ. Uh, to live for Christ means that we pursue the knowledge of Christ. Philippians 3, you're close to there. Uh, if you go to, to that passage uh, in Philippians chapter number 3, look at verse number 10. He says, that I may know him, this is still Paul, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And he, in fact, he goes on, verse 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He says, I'm not going to live in the past. Uh, and I'm not going to live like I have att- attained, but I'm going to press forward. That prize, of course, is heaven. He's not working his way to heaven, but heaven's his goal. That heaven's where he's keeping his eyes. And, uh, and he said, as a Pharisee, uh, as a tribe of Benjamin, all the things I did as Saul, uh, all the good things I've done in establishing these local churches, I count them all but done. And I press toward the mark of the high calling. And, uh, and so he uh, realized that uh, he needed to pursue the knowledge of Christ, knowledge of Him, uh, who He is, and commune with Him and get to know Him. Uh, and uh, uh, again, please don't misunderstand this. I think, everybody, I think everybody in the church should sign up for the 90-day Bible reading program. I just believe that, okay? And, uh, but I'm going to lay a guilt trip on the ones that aren't, okay? And, and I'm going to do it this way. Um, if, if I say, what's your life about? You say, Christ is my life. And they say, sign up for the 90-day Bible reading challenge. And I ain't got time for that. Are you following me? So, so, you know, and again, there are people who signed up for the 90-day Bible reading challenge who Christ isn't their life either. All right? But, one, but one, it would make sense that if, if he's what we live for, that we would want to have knowledge of him. And that we'd learn of him. Uh, and that we'd be in the book, that we desire it, uh, the, the sincere milk of the word that we might grow thereby, that we, he says, it's sweeter than the honeycomb. More to be desired than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey in the honeycomb. And so when we open up the Bible, so it's just love to be in it and, uh, and, to, and to know uh, more uh, of Him. Uh, it means that we're willing to give up anything that prevents us from having Christ. It means that Christ is our focus. It's our, he's our goal. He's our, uh, our chief desire. Hebrews chapter number 12, he says, He is the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Um, so uh, living for Christ means I need to live from Christ, Christ in me, Christ saving me. Uh, I'm, I'm engrafted. I'm, I'm, uh, he's the vine, we're the branches. I'm uh, abiding uh, in Christ uh, and then living for Christ uh, as stated from Romans 14, verse number 8. But also living with Christ. I mean, I have different prepositions in here uh, to, to help us understand what living for Christ is. But turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter number 28, uh, in verse number 20. Of course, we always look at this as uh, the Great Commission. Uh, but part of that uh, is where he says, uh, he says this in verse 20, teaching them to observe all things what I've commanded you, discipleship. We see them saved, win them, baptize them, uh, teaching them to observe all things uh, which... Uh, um, it's got to be under preaching and, and being discipled and in the Word of God uh, to do that. And he says, And lo, I am with you always. 
Um, so to live Christ, to live as Christ and to die as gain, to live him for him is to live with Christ. He shares our life with us. Um, the Bible says uh, uh, much about the presence of God and what it does, but there's this, this adage that uh, maybe it's like a, um, a picture I saw one time. It says, Christ is the head of this house, the unseen guest at every meal, the silent listener to every conversation. Um, why? Because he's in the eyes of the Lord in every place. There's no place that you can go the eyes of the Lord uh, are not at. In fact, uh, it, it, we read in the Old Testament, he says, In hell lifted up my eyes, and thou art there. Um, there's no place that you can go uh, where the eyes of the Lord are not. And, uh, and by the way, as a Bible-believing Christian, that's not necessarily meant as a fear tactic. It's like, oh, God, you know, um, you, know uh, you, you leave uh, the house as a teenager, uh, and, and your parents go, Jesus is watching you. <laughs> it works, you know, and uh, making them aware uh, of the presence of God. Uh, but it's meant to be a comfort to the Bible believer, uh, that, that, he is, that he is there. How different uh, would Christians' lives look uh, if they would just be aware of and practice the presence of Christ in their life at all times? Um, you know, we hide things from people and we sneak around and uh, we've got all these, these different things and, and, we, and we'll say, well, Jesus knows and Jesus sees. Uh, and, um, but if we just... If we just you know, the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I'll be in the midst. So one of the things you should look forward to being in church as a congregation, as we come together, that God's promised presence is here. Now, we know he's, he's, he's ever present. He's everywhere. He's not everything. Uh, but he is, he is everywhere. Uh, and uh, and we like, that is, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I mean, there's no place that I could go to run from God. In fact, uh, um, uh, we read that story in Philemon where uh, the slave runs off uh, from his master and he gets, somehow gets locked up with Paul somewhere in jail. Paul leads him to Christ. So, and in, in it was a long ways away from where he was. And, uh, and you know, God's got, your, God's got your number. I saw a video the other day, these, um, these people... Uh, and it was the whole I, the idea is about fate and whatever. And uh, so it was a couple of different videos. And it, what, it was a tire, a tire that had come off a vehicle. And it's just, you know, blazing down the, the street and the sidewalk and just boom, 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 boom. And all these cameras, whatever. And, uh, and so and it hits this thing and goes. And another camera switches. And it, and it bounces through the door uh, of uh, an open door of whatever that was, and there's these people that are sitting there at a desk, and just boom, just slams in. So you think of everything that had to take place for boom, and through the door, and boom, it's like people go, "Well, that's my it's my time. Um, it's gonna you can't run from you can't run from God, uh, and uh, and I believe that to be true, uh, but." Uh, it is uh, it, our focus and our goal uh, needs to be for him. Practicing the presence of God at all times. Uh, we need to live in Christ. Galatians chapter number three uh, speaks to that. If we've been baptized, we've been baptized in Christ. We live in him. Uh, Romans six and elsewhere. Uh, we live in Christ. We're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Um, he's in us. We're in him. Uh, we're sealed by the, the uh, Spirit of God. If we're Christians, we're supposed to put on Christ, the Bible says. Put off the old man and his deeds and put on Christ. What does that mean? Um, it's like that old, you know, what would Jesus do? Um, how would Christ respond? Uh, what's a Christ-like spirit? Uh, would Christ say that? Would Christ do this? 
Would Christ go there? Would Christ, would Christ be okay um, sitting beside you wherever you're at? You're putting on Christ. Um, he's with us uh, everywhere we go, and He is everywhere. Uh, but the last thing, and I've got to stop, to live Christ uh, means that Christ is our life. And that's, we find that in Colossians 3, verse number 4. It says, through Christ who is our life. And um, the very spirit that dwells within the Christian is the spirit of Christ. The Christian's mind is supposed to be the mind of Jesus Christ. And so I've said all of that to ask this one very pointed question. Um, if I was to ask you, what's the meaning of life? What would your response be? Now, it's a loaded question today. Everybody in here should be, Christ is life. It needs to be all about Him. True. Um, but is it? And, uh, and I'm not going to up, stand up in front of you and say, I've lived a perfect life and, and it's, it's Jesus 24-7 on my mind. I, I'm still a sinner saved by grace. And, uh, and we have to deal with it. But um, I know what God says we should do. And it should be a constant pursuit. And everything that we do should be done uh, in an effort to bring glory to God. Um, and so, you, you know, it's, it, life isn't about, you know, about kids and sports and um, recreation. You know, it's not hunting. It's not fishing. It's, it's, it's none of those things that we enjoy. And I'm not saying don't enjoy them. Um, but, but, you know, it's, you know, maybe you're sitting in a tree stand and you're, you're waiting for a deer to come by or whatever. And, um, and you're enjoying God's creation. Um, that type of stuff should never keep you from uh, God's house. It shouldn't keep you from a love for, love for Christ. And, and it's like, you know, uh, you, could be in, you could be hunting and uh, fishing or whatever and, and say, God is so good. Look at this. God is good. Thank you, God, for the water. And thank you, God, for the trees. And, uh, and, be, and be worshipful and praising God. He tells us to do that. But he also says you cross the line when you worship the creation more than the creator. And, uh, and, and too, much, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. And he, God even points out uh, that we can even do that with our spiritual life. And, uh, and, and, and we, we can cross a line in, in ways uh, where we think we're being um, pious and living a holy life. Uh, and, uh, and, we, and we take that too far. Uh, and so we've got to be careful. Is your life, what is, what is the meaning of life? What is your life about? And, uh, and I want us all to be able to say, um, and by the way, it can be today, you can bow your head and pray, uh, ask God to save you if you're not saved. But as a Christian, you could also say, you know what? I've lived for myself. I've lived for my family. I've lived for money. I've lived for sport, whatever it is. I've lived for pleasure. I've lived for business. Uh, life is about uh, food. Life is about whatever, and I've done that, and that's how I've lived. And God, today I'm making a change. And from today forward, uh, my life is going to be about you. Because if you woke up today with breath, and God didn't take you home, you have to understand and realize that the reason God kept you here is probably not the reason you think. Um, he wants to keep you here so you can be light and salt and spread the gospel and bring glory to Him. Because what good does, it have, does our Heavenly Father have in leaving us here if we're not going to bring glory to Him? In fact, if the opposite is true, take us out. If I can't live for your glory then, and I'm, I'm a living a reproach, then take me out of here. 
it'd be better for me to be in heaven. When Paul says, um, I'm going to be here, it's better, heaven's better, I'm torn between the two, um, to live as Christ, I'm going to live for you and serve. God wasn't done with him. And God continued to use him. Uh, and uh, it's not so he could, you know, finish his... Paul's bucket list was spiritually minded. Um, often our bucket lists aren't. And we live for them. Uh, and uh, in, in, so maybe there's, a, maybe there's a test when we get to heaven. Uh, you get up there and whatever, and I'm just I'm speculating, and of course I'm, it's probably not true. Uh, but what if it was just like, you just had to sign. It's like an honor system. Um, it, you know, did you live for me? Yes. I did. I mean, we can't fool God. And, uh, but if he was just a point blank ask, it's like, okay, I'm just going to ask you, Bob, did you, it was your life about me? I'm going to have to go, no. Because there's just, there's just too many times where it isn't. And uh, now God loves me, and, and, and he's gracious and long-suffering. But wouldn't it be better? I mean, I could probably say, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I gave it a college try, Lord. I mean, I, I failed you, but, I, but, but, but you are my life. You were my life, and I, and I meant it, and I did my best, because God knows my heart. And if that's my heart, I could say that and uh, to God who knows it. But can you even say that? You can't say life, Christ is my life, and then we can't even say I'm even trying for it to be or that I even want it to be. Uh, because somehow we've gotten, fallen into this trap where I can't lose my salvation or whatever, and I'm just going to just, it's, it's me time right now. And uh, so that's my challenge. Is Christ your life? Yes or no? And if, if no is the answer, then why not make it be so? Knowing that you're going to fail the Lord and, and you're going to take one step forward, two steps back, but, but for the rest of your life, you're going to make Christ the center of it uh, like he desires and bring him glory and do your best that you can. And, stand, and God's going to know. God does know our hearts. And, uh, and if you live for him and do your best, and, uh, and when you fail and you, and you ask God and, and you restore fellowship and, and, and you don't abuse the grace of God, God is so good and he's so gracious and kind. Are you living for Christ? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.